0: You know, there's a statistic out there that says that the most successful entrepreneurs did not do well in their school years, in their primary education. Most of them failed or were very close to failing or dropped out. Pretty interesting. It says that there's this hidden drive, there's this bigger picture thinking where the entrepreneur knew for whatever reason School is not their route, and there was something in their mind that kind of saw outside the books. Not book smart, but street smart, and applying that to a business level made them massively successful. According to that statistic, I should be a big fat failure. And I'm not. Talking about how my academic background translated into chocolatier success. Three, two, one. Intro. Welcome to the I Heart Chocolate Podcast, a space where chasing dreams and indulging in chocolate is celebrated. Where it's okay to walk the abnormal path, break tradition, and pursue your own true happiness. A space where you can gain encouragement, inspiration, and confidence to go out there and become the best chocolatier you possibly can be. I'm your host, Tina Codinia, and I know what it is to be chocolate crazy. Like you truly feel called to do this, as if a light suddenly went on and all arrows point to chocolate. I've had the honor of working under some of the best chocolatiers in the industry, and all the while have dedicated my free time toward bettering my craft at home. I'm a wife, a mother, founder of Codenia Chocolate and Codenia Chocolate Mentorship, which I proudly run with my amazing, talented husband, Bruno. Chocolate is so much in my blood, I couldn't live without it. It's been the wildest journey thus far, and my hope is that this inspires you to keep on keeping on, and believe that you can do this too. Because the truth is, yes you can. You really, truly can. So consider me your new chocolate friend. Constantly cheering you on because I'm right there with you. And let's dive in. Welcome to another episode of the I Heart Chocolate podcast. Happy Friday. This is another raw podcast kind of top of the head. So I was inspired to talk on this particular subject because my husband, Bruno Bear, often teases me because my academic background is very much not the route that you would think one would have when becoming a chocolatier. I am a two-time valedictorian. I was the top of my class my entire academic career, academic life, and Bruno says, yeah, you went to all the top schools and you ended up being a chocolatier. You know, pushing pushing a little fun on me, right? And so I was thinking about it, about how there's that statistic, like I said, both successful entrepreneurs didn't really do well in school because the skills you need as an entrepreneur are not book smart skills. They're life skills, they're soft skills, they're sales skills, all of these things that were not really taught in school. And you're kind of an out of the box thinker as a kid. And I wasn't really that type of kid. And here I am as a chocolate entrepreneur today. So I just wanted to share a little bit about how my academic background has certain traits that I feel did translate well into chocolatier success. So first thing that comes to mind, anyone else out there ever take Kumon? Does anyone know what Kumon is? Kumon was this, I believe, Korean-owned korean, korean owned business where it's basically an after-school Program for kids in primary school and you would go to the center and it's basically like additional homework So they had reading and math and my parents put me and all my siblings in Kumon and we were there Twice a week picking up extra homework Mainly in math not so much in reading, but the whole point of it was to get ahead of school We would learn things a grade or two grades ahead of what we were learning in our classroom with the intention of making us prepared for high school, with the intention of therefore making us more prepared for college, and so forth. And the only thing I can remember about Kumon is that as I got older, it got increasingly more tedious because there was more homework and then there was Kumon homework and it was nuts. I was doing calculus by the time I was 13 years old and it was just whoosh, completely too much too much to absorb too much to understand and the bonus part of kumon that i will say is this is the part that translates and it's more a nod to my parents especially my mom because she was the one who helped us all with our homework was that the idea of learning something ahead of when you're ready to learn it of being taught tips and secrets so to speak On how to navigate well mathematics is what Kumon was navigate something that your classmates don't know about you know don't know the tips and tricks so that by the time I was in school learning it it was just easy peasy I already know how to do that flying through the homework like it's nothing going through all the math bees killing it and just understanding things because I had already been taught a system. I have already been taught a shortcut. I have already been taught all the tools I need to know so that as I'm going through it with my classmates for the first time in school, I'm already familiar. That is something that I think really helped me when I started learning how to become a chocolatier. In my head, I was like, I need to somehow translate the Kumon mindset of learning from people who know exactly what they're doing all the tips and tricks so that when I do get faced with it in my own business I already know how to do that that's number one another example of academic uh, experience and this might sound super ridiculous but it really was me like I was such a freaking nerd in school like truly 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 and in school, we had this thing called a jogathon. Jogathon is where you run laps around your, your yard. So we had a big schoolyard, and you would run laps. And uh, the whole point was every time you ran a lap, you'd get a stamp. And at the end of the jogathon, however many stamps you had would um, help raise money for a particular cause. And I remember the first jogathon I did, and I remember I fell down. And i felt like that had slowed me down and i was one of those kids who ran pretty fast so i was just trying to run the entire i don't know how long we were out there running but run the entire thing and so what did i do the summer before the next school year i literally and this sounds so silly but i literally stood in front of a mirror running in place and i practiced falling okay practice falling so i could see how can i get up fast i wanted to know what falling felt like, so I would know how to pivot and push myself up and keep running even faster again, so I wouldn't lose momentum. I wanted to be freaking efficient. And I guess if you'd want to translate that to being an entrepreneur, there's always going to be times where you're going to be falling. It's just part of the journey. It's part of the process. No one goes through this whole chocolate entrepreneur system smoothly. But if you have, again, kind of a tip, trick, reassurance on how to get up from that fall faster, then you're not as scared to fall. If you've come with the mentality that you're going to fall and you know that that's just part of it, you're not going to be as bummed out when it happens. And then secondly, if you kind of have guidance and you've seen firsthand someone else who's gone through what you've gone through and they're able to push themselves back up and persevere, then it kind of gives you reassurance that you can do it too. So weird little things like that that come to my mind of how there's certain things definitely in my academic life as a kid that definitely translate into how I maneuvered as an entrepreneur. And then I can't discount the, the thing that goes that anyone says if you want to be good at something, which is just the hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours literally put in to do what you want to do as a kid no joke i would wake up around four thirty, five o'clock i was the first one to take a shower we lived in a large household we had like six bathrooms but for every reason we only used one bathroom i don't know why so four kids so i was always the first one to get up take a shower After that, I'd have a small breakfast. After that, I was studying. Then I went to school. I'd be studying before my class started. I'd be studying in between breaks. After school, I'd go home. I'd have half an hour of TV. And then I'd be studying. And I kid you not, I was studying from probably like 4 o'clock until sometimes 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock at night. This was more towards high school. But basically, every waking moment I could, I was freaking studying. And it wasn't so much... Pressure from my parents that I had to study but it was more of I remember my dad saying as long as you try your best and I'll be happy and I remember seeing that when you go to school in America anyways they grade you you know like a B C D so on and so forth and an A is like a hundred percent or like 96 or 97 to 100 percent and then there's like a minus and so forth and so forth and when my dad said as long as you try your best I'll be happy And I remember thinking to myself, okay, the best is 100%. Therefore, they put that number out there because it is a number that's achievable and possible. And if that's the best, that's the number I'm going to go for. That was my mentality. So I just naturally started studying a lot because I saw, okay, the best is this. So that means if I put the maximum amount of effort in, I'm going to be the best. And also, again, piggybacking off my mom who had helped me create a system where I was learning things ahead of my class, not just through Kumon, but I was reading chapters in my science books and stuff. Prior to learning it in class, I was already familiar with the material, and I realized I liked being able to understand things ahead of time. I liked that when people were first learning it, I already kind of had a leg up. I liked that I was exposed to something beforehand and had more time to absorb the information and relate it. that it helped me academically. And so I think that natural feeling of feeling good that the work I was putting in was paying off, combined with I was getting awarded you know, at school, was a great motivation for me. And when you are an entrepreneur, a lot of times you need to have self-motivation. There's a lot of days where you don't wanna get up early, where you don't wanna go to work and you know do whatever it is you have to do. And you need to have that discipline if you really wanna see the difference if you really want to see your business move forward if you really want to see a change and the frustrating thing is that you don't see that change right away similar to back in school i was study say 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 study i didn't really have the goal of i want to be valedictorian if i'm being completely honest i knew that was possible that was not the goal to be the valedictorian the goal was just to be the best i didn't have the title thing in my head and then funny enough when it happened it was like oh shoot okay It happened and if you look at it from a bird's-eye view anyone would tell you well yeah she was freaking staying her butt off her entire life for 17 years that's basically all I did I had no social life really I had family friend parties kumon piano lessons school uh, a little bit of TV a movie with my parents on the weekend here and there and then that was pretty much it It was just studying constantly so it paid off Uh, for entrepreneurship when you go into entrepreneurship again, the hours of dedication that you have to put in before you see results is a lot. And that's the part that lots of people miss is because you're going to feel like, well, I think I'm doing everything I can. I think I'm as self-motivated as I can. I think I'm as focused as I can. And I'm not seeing the results I want. That's when you keep pushing on because you're not going to have a title. You're not going to have an award. You're not going to have a recognition. You're not going to be whatever in your head you think that you're going to have. You're not going to have it right away you are perfecting your craft you are getting smarter and faster the more that you put time in you are intensely focused because you know that it's possible and that's the thing that matters the mind shift of knowing that what you want to be that greatness for yourself is possible is the thing that keeps you going and even when it's not happening when you want it to happen you just know that it can and that's so important when you're trying to be a chocolatier for real for real right? Uh, I want to say that these skills, you know, helped me tremendously as a chocolatier. And the funny part is, is that the skills that supposedly make, you know, rightfully so, a successful entrepreneur, you know, business savvy, sales skills, all those things, I didn't have any of that. I had to learn that. And it took time for me to learn it. It was a very uncomfortable learning experience for me. I felt that's completely out of my element i'm way more comfortable with it now compared to before but it took a lot of time to get there i just want to reiterate something real quick is that no matter whatever background you come from whether you were the smartest kid in your class the dumbest kid in your class in between whatever kind of student person you were if you have dreams of doing something creative like chocolate being an entrepreneur a know that it is possible B, know that you're gonna have a lot of fun with it. C, know that as long as you are enjoying the journey, that's truly all that matters. Nothing else really matters other than that. If you're happy with your life, then what else matters? And something that I really um, like, and funny enough, I, I recently, this is a true story, it literally happened today. I always try and find people who I admire or like new people to listen to or people who have been through this whole entrepreneur journey and have made something of themselves, right? So earlier today, I was listening to a podcast. It's someone who I've been listening to for a while and the episode really moved me. So I said, but what the heck? I'm just going to message the person on Instagram. Most of the times, if someone has like hundreds and thousands of followers, they don't really reply or they'll maybe just like your post, right? Or like your message. So I had sent a message to Anthony Chucks of the Aw Shift podcast. And I told him, I just started a conversation and I said, hey, like I just want you to know I listen to your podcast today. I listen to it daily actually, as I'm dropping my dart off at school. And today's episode really resonated with me. Thank you for an amazing podcast. It's always uplifting. And a couple hours later, he actually replied back, you know, saying, thank you so much. He's like, if there's any subject, you know, you'd like me to, to discuss and you know, let me know, whatever. So we were just like talking small chat and everything. And I had asked them this question about, as an entrepreneur, when you are scaling your business or growing, you know, you're always constantly in this mode of trying to level up, right? We always hear that. You need to grow more, you need to expand more, you need to do more, you need to be more massively successful this and that as an entrepreneur, right? That's something that you constantly hear. Like, are you successful in your business? And the question is, when is it enough? And I loved his response. He said, everything we do as entrepreneurs must be guided by the fulfillment of our own set scale. When you've set your own level of what's great and reach that, you can live in whatever space you like. I love how he phrased that because it makes it put that we have control. We get to decide. Whether you want to be a valedictorian, top of your game, whatever great height you want to reach, you get to make the decision to achieve that. And then once you make the decision, you do what you have to do to get there. So if that means early mornings, if that means reading a business book a month, if that means listening to a podcast, if that means reaching out to new people, starting conversations with your customers and nurturing your relationships, finding more opportunities, you get to decide that. So in short... (laughs) I don't know where I'm going with this podcast. In short, I don't regret all those years of academics, you know, trying so dang hard to be the best at it. Like I said, Burns will always tease me because he's like, haha, you two-time validatorian and you ended up a chocolatier, right? But I don't regret it because I actually really do enjoy learning. Fundamentally, I am drawn to learning. The thing is, as I became a young adult, where it was just more than learning, it was about life, Right there were serious life decisions to be made, something didn't align with the whole academic route for me, with that whole preset, top academic life. It just didn't, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't align. And that's when I started tapping into my creative. That's when I started tapping into joy and into this other realm that I had no clue about before, but it just opened so many more doors of fun, growth, personal fulfillment, and it opens me up in such a way that I know I may not statistically be meant to be an entrepreneur, but I also know that the bottom line heart of who I am, I am meant to be freaking successful, period. And happily so. (laughs) So I'm just curious, for those listening, what were you like as a kid growing up? Were you carefree and chocolate made you get more serious? Did you have traits in yourself that transferred well into your adulthood on your own journey? I'm really super curious to know. I find it's so interesting how everyone can have a different background and land in chocolate, and chocolate was like the switch, and I really love seeing how it changed things for people. Please send me a message. You can DM me at Chocolate and let me know. Anyways, I hope you know once again that no matter what your background is, it doesn't matter. I say it all the time because it's just true. If you have a dream to be a chocolatier, to be massively successful as one, Or just to be successful and that's cool whatever right there's nobody stopping you but you flip the script be the anomaly in the statistic carve your own path and set your own terms for success have a beautiful friday i will see you on the next one and that's all folks by the way in case we aren't friends yet let's keep the connection going and get social on the gram you can always reach out to us at Coquina Chocolate where we post inspirational, drool-worthy, and informative tips on all things chocolate. And can I just say, thanks for hanging out with me today. If you felt a connection from this podcast or found it helpful, please be sure to leave a 5-star review on Apple Podcasts so we can keep spreading the chocolate happiness. Y'all know that that is my life mission. But really though, <laughs> via chocolate making, teaching, and now through sound. Woohoo! Have a beautiful day. And I know it's going to sound cheesy, but it is true. In case you needed a reminder, you are 100% worthy of the life that you dream, chocolate-filled or otherwise. You just have to summon up the courage to pursue it. And you keep pursuing and grinding and working and loving it until you get there. Okie dokie. Catch you on the next one.